watch movie based on video games Think to yourself, this is kinda strange Mario is British, Luigi's Latino Cuba's played by a goddamn weirdo Well that's video games and movie Video games and movie Video games and movie Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Video Games the Movie, the podcast where we talk about movies based on or related to video games. Usually they're quite shit, but this week we've got a nice one. We've got the movie War Games, starring Matthew Broderick and the chick from Breakfast Club. I can't remember her name. (laughs) Ali Sheedy. Yeah, gosh, I forgot how hot she used to be. And with me this week, I have, as you heard mumbling in the background there, Mr. Brent Cornell of the RPG Show. Howdy. And, of course, always with me, co-host James Milholland. Greetings. (laughs) And as I said, we're talking about war games this week. So this is a movie about like an 80s or late 70s hacker right around that era. And uh, he hacks a uh you know the norad basically if i remember right it's been it's been a month full disclosure it's been about a month since james and i've watched this film brent watched it this morning so we're gonna like refer to him a little more than we normally would that's 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 because i'm a terrible person to schedule things with i'm the worst i'm the worst my fault but yes no he definitely hacks into norad in a search for to hack into another uh company uh, to steal video games or something like that, or see their code. Yeah. It's really complicated. Video games. Story that's it. Video games. <laughs> All right. So, my first thing, right? Because I know we're going to talk about what the movie's about. But oh, yeah. essentially, he's doing this by uh, he's dialing every comp- or every line in a, uh, it's like two or three area codes. Right. Okay. And, uh, this movie was actually used in the formation of some um, litigation revolving, you know, internet and network security and all that kind of stuff. Uh, like a, as like a some sort of congressman brought it up and shows the possibility people can do with home computers and all that stuff, all that whatever. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really got me is like, all right, fucking NORAD, right, is in Colorado, and he's using area codes for computers in like California. No. And to my knowledge, I might not be no, like no, a geography the, major. The, the area code is uh, that that's depicted uh, that he's using is three one one, which is actually one of the three numbers set aside by the government um, to never be used in anything. Uh, it's the one like we use four one one, of course, nine one one, and three one one. And three one one hasn't really been delegated for anything. So they at the time before uh, Tommy Two Tone came out with the song Jenny and yeah. ruined it for everybody. Hello, operator. Hello. Oh, God, that's right. You have to punch in the numbers nowadays. I should know this. Oh, yes. 8675309. That's it. No, wait, that's not it. Damn you, Tommy Two-Tone! <sighs> Only one thing to do. 111-1111. Lois? Damn. 111-1112. Lois? Damn. 111-1113. Uh, we used to not have to do the 555, but if you depicted an area code, you had to use one that wasn't in existence, and that's why the 311. Well, I get that, yeah. but like, there's a scene where he's calling the operator asking for area, area codes, codes of, adjoining, yeah. adjoining this place in California. Mm-hmm. And to my knowledge of phone area codes, like it's there's not going to be one that stretches from Colorado all the way over to the West Coast. 
no, with all that information. So yeah. the fact that he would have dinged into that that server seems outrageous to me. Yeah, oh, there's uh, a lot of egregious things with this movie, but it's fine. Oh yeah, no, that's that's for sure. Um, it, it, but that was the the number one pet peeve I had is he? No, you're not actually going to accidentally dial into NORAD mm. using California area codes. No, but so. But it. Oh man, while while we're talking about his hacking, let's talk about that fucking rig. That thing yeah. is a. Uh, one, it's huge. It's got the old what? What were they? Five inch floppies? They were like the no, si- those were uh, those were the eight and a quarter boards. or whatever. They're like the size yeah. of a notebook because paper. Where you had to put it in and then you lock the front down. Mm-hmm. Like those that those were a beast. And the the thing that ma- that that really makes me laugh uh, about the technology depicted in this this film is, well, some of it is current and of the time, and but. All the all the like uh, moving parts and all the everything you see on screen, they they faked all that using Apple twos. Mm-hmm. Yep, there was a guy like hiding inside of it, typing stuff out. Yeah, yeah, and then all the close ups with like the green text on the screen that was all typed into Apple twos. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. And what? they're using these. I don't know. It would have been like a, the two generations before an Apple two, at where. Uh, yeah. So, oh. <laughs> but then no, no, continue what you're saying. My question is, why does why does he have all this stuff in his bedroom? Right. That was the like, point I was going to make. That have been explained. Yeah. Like, is his dad like rich like, and shit? From his dad no, or they can't like possibly. Or, yeah. Because this stuff is like state of the art for the year. This is like high. Yeah. Quality. So why does shit. he have all this stuff? No idea. Same well, with Ferris uh, Bueller. This kid. In every movie he's in, he's got like this baller ass computer setup for the time, obviously. And his parents um, were obviously a little weller off, judging by the house and the neighborhood he lived sure. in. Sure, his mom was again. a real estate agent in both this yeah. movie and Ferris Bueller. And yeah, that that's a recurring theme. Yeah, and his dad, I want to say, I can't remember. I think they do mention he's like a lawyer or he practices law in some capacity or something. I don't recall, but. Yeah, so they they have money, but still, if you transport yourself back to 1980-ish when this came out, computers were three, four, five grand, sometimes much more, and this setup would have been much, much more. He's got the, the uh, I don't even know what to call it, is, is it a modem that he puts the receiver on the modem thing and it yeah, dials no, out this, numbers? This is the equivalent of them buying him a brand new car, yeah. like right off the lot. It would be and, equivalent of like 20000 today. But see, here's the here's here's where I'm I kind of view it as believable for a upper middle class family like this is because back then uh, computers weren't just for jerking off, fellas. Uh, I'm on QVC. Welcome into our 18th anniversary. What is your name and where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Randy. Hey, Randy. How you doing? Hi, Randy. I'm good. How are you guys? Yeah, we're all right. Where are you calling from, Randy? I'm calling from Dover, Delaware. So it's it's almost two o'clock in the morning where you are. (laughs) the only time I have a loan with my new Dell, and I love it. Thank you. Great. What kind of things are you using your Dell for, Randy? Well, mostly personal use, you know, like porno. Oh. Yeah, that's a lot of porno. It's, uh, these Dells are great for porno. Awesome. We don't guarantee that. I guarantee it, and I got the porno to prove it. Thanks, Randy. Thank you so much for the call. I'll see you guys later. I'm going to get back to my porno. Thanks for saying that. Bye-bye. All right, porno. All right. 
He got his, and obviously he's loving it. Uh, like, and it would be so easy for a teenager of his age that showed any sort of aptitude for this kind of thing to pitch to his parents that that would be his future, right? Like, they, they buy him this thing, sure. and he's going to be... Like, that's going to set him up for life because computers were the future, and yet they weren't as ubiquitous, so not everybody knew how to use them. That was still witchcraft and sorcery to a lot of people. So I could see a teenager in an upper-middle-class family going to his his parents be like, this is going to help me get into college and do all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. But in fact, he just wants to play games and do these nefarious things with it. So that is... Oh, excuse It's literally the... um, the excuse a lot of people used in this era to get a Commodore 64, you know, oh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll use it for my homework. It'll help me with math, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the unsuspecting parents would buy it for them. And of course, all they did was play fucking Zork or whatever and other games yeah. of that ilk. And yeah, it's, yeah, probably, probably how he managed to do it. If, you know, I still kind of find it a little hard to believe that, you know, he, he doesn't even have a car and, He's got this rig that, you know, yeah, but whatever he has it. And yeah, where are we going from there? He calls out. Oh, I did want to mention real quick while I'm still yeah. half, halfway thinking about it. The, uh, the floppy disks that he uses, you know, they've long since been, you know, they, they went to the like three and a quarter and then they went to the little plasticized ones. And then of course we went to CDs and then virtually nothing at all. Um, yeah. those big floppy disks that are used in this film were only recently phased out of some of our nuclear silos here in the United States. They were I, um, wow. <laughs> I like know a guy 2015. that is still, I know a guy that is currently, uh, a government employee that is digitizing, uh, those tape reels that we saw on those servers right. in this movie. Like there are people out there that are still being paid to convert data sure. from those tape tape reels. Yeah. Cause there's so. tons of information stored on them. Cause we used to b- back before hacking was a thing. We were hacking China and Russia and everything. And we were just, you know, we couldn't hire a big enough staff to look at all this data. So the, yeah, they were just like mass storing them on these reels of magnetic tape and storing them away for later reference or whatever. And yeah, they've just got piles of this shit everywhere. Um, yeah, that's kind of ridiculous though, because the medium that it's on is one that degrades over time, like pretty quickly. Sir. Sir. And, uh, yeah, to think that our nuclear silos, you know, things that could literally destroy the earth were being, uh, you know, kept at bay or whatever by this program that was contained within a computer that still ran that kind of shit is kind of scary, uh, kind of a little more than kind of. You know, and I would think that something that ran that would be easily hackable by today's standards as well. I mean, what kind of, you know, Norton antivirus are you running on (laughs) Apple II or whatever? Well, you know, I would actually think that it might be a little harder harder to to hack into some of these analog media mediums remotely. Now, it would be easier if you were there, of course, like the the safe call, uh, you know, safe guards in effect there but like uh remotely accessing that kind of data and that kind of like uh computer infrastructure would probably be nigh impossible like yeah, any mock talk would be like uh what is this mm-hmm. you know it's it, it's like it's like uh you're trying to talk to tarzan right somebody's yeah. just you know not then, not even the same know, language anymore yeah i get you yeah you may you may be right you put you make a good point there yeah but anyway but, uh, um, you know, I, it's, oh, yeah, you go ahead, man. Go, just oh, go I was for just going to go back into the movie plot and say, you know, he, 
He, uh, much like in Ferris Bueller, once again, there was a lot of correlation between the two films. He, uh, at the beginning of the film, he hacks his school computer to uh, change his grades. And then later he finds a leaflet or something about this game company that he really likes. And, and he decides to try and hack them by random dialing all these numbers. And he thinks he has it because he gets pinged back by this computer that, uh, gosh, what does it say, Brent? It's been a month for me. It just adds for blank. a lot. It's blank, isn't it? It just asks for a login and then all the typical answers. He's like, it starts off like he doesn't quite, because he's trying to impress Ali Sheedy's character. So he gets all these things and he gets one that asks for a login and he gives it a, uh, you know, uh, a generic login. It doesn't accept it. So then he asks for help on the login. It does denies help on the login. So he starts to to fish around what kind of answers he can get and he discovers, uh, you know, it has games on it, right? It has games on it, yeah. and he can't access any of this stuff. So that's when he goes to my favorite part of the movie, his nerd buddies mm-hmm. um, at this this programming center out in the middle of nowhere. Now, they felt – because this is where I kind of confused the characters in this movie and Cloak and Dagger. Because mm-hmm. that big dude there seems just like the big dude in Cloak and Dagger. Mm-hmm. Like they're the same character. Yeah. <laughs> but – um. Yeah, so that's that's kind of where he takes it. I mean, it's uh, yeah, yeah. I felt like those two guys should have made another appearance like later on in the film, but they did not. They didn't. Yeah, they they seemed like like they were going to be your ducky or whatever of the film. You know, your comic relief kind of character, and yeah, they were just there very briefly. But whatever. And yeah. they they gave him some info, and he ran with it to be able to find uh, out about Professor Falcon, Stephen Falcon, right? Who's actually yes, correct. based off of Stephen Hawking, who they approached for the film and who declined it because they were he was afraid that they were going to uh, uh, manipulate or market his, his, his disability. His, yeah. yeah, poor guy. They also approached John Lennon for the role of Falcon, who I guess also didn't do it. He did die in 1980, so maybe that was why. I don't know. Maybe. But um, yeah, uh, the they did it was fine. Uh, like oh. I have my I have problems with the character himself, especially some of the dialogue and things that happen later in the movie. Um, but yeah, no, he he tracks this guy down or no, he does a bunch of research about him, and it takes uh his his girlfriend or Ali Sheedy's character to begin to tell him this sad story about her parents, for him to completely interrupt her. And cold-heartedly ask again, what's the name of the man's son? And uses that as a backdoor, <laughs> quote-unquote, username to enter this uh, right. This thing. Joshua. 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 Yep. Tragically died, he finds out from some... Because, you know, your local library is going to have a VHS of uh, some obscure, relatively obscure scientist, but whatever. So, I don't, I don't know. Mine didn't. I guess he has a much more extensive library back then. But, yeah, he finds, well, I mean, like... The, uh, He's in Seattle, so I mean, who knows? That is true. That's a big town, big city. But it, it, but essentially, this backdoor username, as we find out, is not necessarily accessing the main infrastructure of this uh, Whopper uh, machine. It's in fact uh, accessing this like hidden AI that Doctor Faulkner programmed into it for some reason or another. Um. And that's kind of where the mayhem starts when he decides to play global global thermonuclear war. Right. Of all the games on that list. Yeah, he he programs these games into it to try and make the computer 
both test the effects of war and to uh, learn from its mistakes, right? Well, the the games, uh, to my understanding, the way I understand how this is working, the games are already programmed into it because that's what the machine's supposedly doing all the time <laughs> is running these simulations, simulations, these wartime simulations. But him accessing Joshua is like pulling up this secondary AI computer in it because that's the only way they can reason out the reason that if it's running games all the time, how come he's now accessing a game and it makes everything go haywire because he's, he's pulling up this, this uh, super advanced AI to the forefront um, instead of its typical game running mechanism. You know, I don't know. I don't know either. It, it, it's it, all right. Look, I, I'm sure you guys probably like this movie, and oh, there's yeah. a lot of people like this movie. I used to like this movie, but on this on this watching, um, it's kind of bad. It, like it's not. It's it, there's a ton of plot holes. Right. And it was bull, boring. It. So. I don't know. I still liked it. I personally, I felt like it was dated, and like a lot of the problems that I have with it now that I didn't as a kid come from the knowledge that I have about how these things work. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, but back then I didn't have that knowledge. So it was all magic and fun and everything just kind of made sense, you know, but yeah, it, 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 it's a product of its time certainly, but it's, I, I feel like it's still a good movie. I don't know. It's, well, my, my, my problem with it as me at the age I am is while the narrative of okay, of it, I was okay with the um, general sort of techno magic I can kind of get over, mm-hmm. but the uh, the political messages in this movie mm. are rank. Like they are in your face more so than I have ever noticed any other watching of this movie. And they actually the, caused a lot of actual political action to occur because of this. Because when Reagan saw this movie at Camp David. It, he he knew nothing of computers, and then he asked, you know, his people. He's like, "Could this actually happen?" They were like, "Well, we don't know." And then they asked people that would know, and they're like, "Not only is it plausible, uh, it's likely that it's going to happen sometime soon if it hasn't already." And like, "Oh shit," you know. So then they started enforcing all these laws and putting in programs to stop it, and all that started because of the movie War Game. So we do have it to thank for that, in the very least. Yes. It, but the whole because uh, they set up the general character right so like if this movie were made today like you have the general character and then you have the uh, the other character I don't really know what his role is like chief of NORAD or something um, but he's him. he's he, he's arguing for uh, the use of these uh, automated systems in these nuclear silos because at the beginning of the movie there was a test that failed because people weren't uh, going to um, manually detonate these nukes because mm-hmm. You know, people have consciences. They don't want to destroy, you know, 90% of a country. Which is a very I, real story as well. No, and that's a legitimate thing. So, yeah, that actually you know, happened they, in uh, Russia with a uh, nuclear sub. And one of the three men with the key was like, I'm not turning this key. And, uh, yeah, it, it could have started a third world, world war. So, Oh, no. This, like, it's The whole situation is scary. But they oh, yeah. set him up. To be, all right, so the general, the military guy that wants men in the silo, they kind of set him up to be the bad guy a little bit. He's going to be the one to kind of, no, this is all bullcrap, America kind of shit. And then he turns out to be the more reasonable bastard in that office. I love him. You know that almost every line he does in the film is ad-libbed. He was like, no, I got this. 
Yeah, no, that's that's it's perfect. Yeah. I could I would believe it. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's part of my problem and the whole uh, anti-technology statement. Like the movie's hardcore anti-technology. Yeah. Well, that was and, the point it was trying to push across. And back then, because it wasn't widespread spread knowledge of how computers worked, your average forty-year-old in the eighties, computers are magic. You know, they had no idea. Oh, I mean, sorry. my mother can barely run a computer and my stepfather not at all you know uh, get confused by email and stuff like that i mean just you know and that was the norm of the time and so they really had to push their point like way harder than was actually necessary to get that point across to people in their 40s 50s and 60s that would watch the film you know and again and i agree it's a it's a it's a product of its time but yeah. on this watching i i found it almost uh borderline i don't want to use the word offensive but a little offensive like by by about the 45 minute mark i was like i get it just can we go to the part where it's just lighting up the screen a million times giving everybody electrical seizures can we just move along please thank you yeah it was a little Uh, slow and it was pretty funny too in parts you know the whole scene where they finally do find falcon um when they're you know running from whomever and uh he lives on like this island because you think he's dead but then it turns out no he's not dead he's just been like reassigned or whatever yeah Um, well he retired and since he had top secret information they wanted to make it appear like he was dead right right and he's like on this little island off the coast of nowhere and um yeah he uh initially they tell him what's going on with joshua and he's like oh okay yeah i'm just gonna let the world die like he doesn't give a fuck and i was like are you kidding who would who would want to be known like it it wouldn't destroy the world necessarily but it would come very close and who would want to be known as the scientist that just said meh you know i don't know but i i, I and then he and then he goes upstairs and just leaves those two teenagers in the bottom of his house just to like spend the night to presumably <laughs> f all night long he's probably got cameras yeah. all in that motherfucker <laughs> Uh, but then they, they like they escape out they run out the house for some reason and then all of a sudden there's that helicopter in the sky and it's goddamn mil- him. Yeah, in a military grade helicopter. Like, where did he get that? Where was he Dude, hiding that? And what made him change his heart? Like, okay, get in the helicopter. Let's go stop this thing. Yeah, weird. I I, I timed it. That that scene where they're running from the helicopter back and forth is three minutes long. <laughs> it's, it's a bit three long. Minutes, uh, three minutes of them running from a helicopter only to have him be in it. Yeah. Telling them, let's go. They went upstairs, yeah. took a good shit, and was like, you know what? I, I don't want to kill every. I don't want to be known as that yeah. guy. I, I better help him out. A uh, little bit of trivia for that scene too is um, all the furniture in the home was old furniture. It was uh, from the show Little House on the Prairie, and they also had additional props from Land of the Lost, which would explain why he's flying a goddamn pterodactyl when he walk up. <laughs> but, we have this land of the law shit what can we do with it uh-huh. i want to fly it let yeah. me fly around let's recycle write something in just to, yeah they recycle a lot of stuff in this film i i like trivia like that it's pretty cool um that's that's all that's all cool now uh the thing that there was a lot of ubiquitous passage of time in this movie mm-hmm. even though there's a countdown going on in on the machine you know, they bust in for breaking into the, the system and they're hauling him back to NORAD 
for his court marshalling for whatever reason. Yeah. And they pick him up in Portland, and then two seconds later, he's in the same vehicle, the same time of day, pulling up to NORAD. Hmm. It's a very fast seems- vehicle. And, and then he's got to call her to get her to send him a buy him a plane ticket to get back. But then again, he also arrives back in Portland at the same time of day after hopping on a plane. It. I said it before, and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. it you know. Yeah. No. You're you're not wrong. I mean, but just you try not to think about these things. You know. I, I can't help but think yeah, about it. I know, now, I'm the same way. Here's the thing. If it's a goofy movie and it is upfront bad and unabashed about it, then I don't pay attention to those things because I've already checked my brain at the door. But when you're trying to present me with this uh, uh, theoretical, sociological, political problem that is the automation of uh, warfare but yet you can't keep a consistent timeline or reasonable plot points, then I notice a little more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I I, I do. But, you know, the the film was largely, I mean, a lot of their money did go to the stars, and it was kind of not an overly big-budget film is my understanding. So, you know, a lot of corners were cut. It is what it is. You know, they were reusing frickin' props and having to leave things in the movie um, that shouldn't have been there. They could afford to rent Matthew Broderick a Galaga machine. What was the other one? Yeah, Galaga Galaxian. Uh, Galaxian. Yeah, uh, and a gave it to him for, two... for like yeah. a couple months in advance to be able yeah. to get good at both. Yeah, which is weird because they appear in the movie for all of ten. I don't know, maybe. He doesn't look like he's that far seconds? in the game because those guys aren't no. moving that fast and there aren't that many of them on screen, so don't worry I don't about know. That. Yeah, don't worry about that. It, it was really cool to even see, even if for a second, an old school arcade. And that really was a real arcade, too, of the era. Uh, no, oh, yeah, that, that was a cool place. I remember when there, when there were places like that around here, mm-hmm. and I missed them dearly. Yeah, yeah, but all the video game stuff is going the way of the dodo, unfortunately. Uh, I'm down to one video game store in my town, not counting GameStop, which I, I've never counted as a game store, personally. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Any who's it. Uh, yeah, he, he brings back Professor uh, Falcon, and they kind of last minute save the day by asking the machine, which it, 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 block, it blocks out everything. It starts actually trying to destroy the earth because it's not acting as though this is an actual game, right? It's um, thinking that this is an actual thing and it's trying to get us to DEFCON 5 and, or 1 and uh, activates all the silos and it locks everybody out, etc., etc., and everyone's worried. And in order to stop it, they play tic-tac-toe with it, which is hidden somewhere in the machine, and they find it. And they get oh, it. that was like a step-by-step diagram on how to force things into a movie because you don't know how to end it. Right. Because they're like, oh, because he, he says this whole thing to Ali Sheedy back in his house about how, like, he could, you know, uh, he couldn't teach the game that there is no winning move or there's no way to, you know, sometimes the best right. way. Is not <laughs> it was play. foreshadowed, yeah. And she's like, well, what kind of game can't you win? And he's like, you ever play tic-tac-toe? And it's this whole stupid dialogue thing. And then Matthew Burns gets this, oh, it's not on the list. Because him and him and uh, Dr. Fox has had this 
you know, mind meld situation where they're in each other's thoughts. Mm-hmm. But uh, instead of the the doctor who actually has some sway around there and could, you know, have this done ASAP is no letting the kid wait till the last minute to try and allow these people to allow him to mess with the machine, which he was already arrested for messing with. I don't know, man. It's he was trying to save the world at that point, you know. Sorry, my voice cut out there. I was looking behind me. Uh, I, I also read, and I, I had no idea. There's actually a video game based on this movie. Um, it's for the Commodore 64. Ooh. I was looking behind me to see if I owned it because it, you know, a game. It Thermonuclear War. Actually, it's called War Games, um, but you do indeed play Globo Thermonuclear War on it. That's basically the entire game. So. You don't play as Matthew Broderick, like jumping around as a platformer. That's probably a game. <laughs> uh, Ferris Bueller, maybe. Um, <laughs> Do you I, guys remember when they were driving up to NORAD? It was uh, Matthew Broderick, Ali Sheedy, uh, Doctor Falcon, and some like in the jeep. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and they wreck into like the uh, the fence. Yes, I do. That yeah. was a real. That was an actual car accident. Like yeah. they didn't plan for that to happen. He lost control, and they're like, "Hmm, keep it." Yeah, it was used it in the movie. More traumatic for him to run down the tunnel. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, which and and since we're all doing trivia, that tunnel was also used in the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the Toontown Tunnel. So now, uh, speaking of yes. where actually most of the money in this movie went to, I don't think it went so much to the stars as it went to the construction of that NORAD building. Um, I believe that was one of the most expensive sets assembled. Oh, really? um, at that point in time, it was something like one point two million dollars. Oh, geez. for just that NORAD set. Yeah. So. Um, I'd read they took like a lot said of it. Look, go ahead. I said it. They said it looked nothing like the actual NORAD. It was just right. like their interpretation of what it might look like. And in fact, NORAD uh, until like the late nineties was only in charge of detecting threats. It was not in charge of any countermeasures whatsoever. Yeah. Well, and that's fine so, too. I mean, your average person doesn't know that shit. So, but yeah, I read that too. And, and also they added all the flashing lights on the computer itself because they felt it made it look more flashy and futuristic, which is to me, it just makes it look goofy. This is something they do in almost all old sci-fi, you know, even my beloved, um, back to the future, you know, the DeLoreans just covered in lights that are completely unnecessary, <laughs> you know, just well, all these LEDs everywhere. See, now here's the thing. Like, Doc Brown char- character seems like he would add extra lights just for pizzazz, right? He may. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, yes. So, I mean, that's more acceptable because he's, he's just going to just... Because, I mean, the Fox Capacitor doesn't need to have the lights flowing in like that, but it looks sweet, man. Yeah. So that's what he's got to do it. He's like, if you're going to make a time machine, might as well make it in style, right? He did say that. That is a quote. Uh, yeah, I guess so. But, but it... It goes all the way back to you know Star Trek and the original uh, oh, yeah. Star Lost Trek is the worst and... of the of the of the <laughs> weird flipping on and off light panels. <laughs> yeah, and just the fact that when they walked on the bridge, I mean, you could hear it was clearly plywood beneath their feet and stuff. It was just like hilarious, you know. But that's neither here nor there. War Games isn't quite that egregious, but there's a lot of stuff like that throughout the film where you're like, no, that's not how any of that happened. It's or pretty egregious because the Whopper unit has lights and a display resembling a face. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I did want to mention while uh, it's still in my mind too, uh, what I uh, said I was going to give a spoiler or a little bit of trivia about Matthew Broderick. I guess we can get into it. Uh, 
he killed two people uh, while in Ireland with uh, his then girlfriend Jennifer Grey, who played his sister in uh, the movie Ferris Bueller. He was just driving on the wrong side of the road because you know over there it's reverse of here, and hit a woman who was 28 and her mother who was 60 and killed them both instantly. And he walked away yeah. with minor bruises. And uh, I think he had a collapsed lung and uh, hurt leg slightly. Uh, Jennifer Grey had virtually no injuries at all. And he was fined $175. And yeah, that's what... Let yeah. on his way, man. Yeah. Okay. Incredible. Star privilege, man. Star yeah. privilege. Yeah, there's actually a list of stars that have killed people online. And they're just... One after the other, you read them, you go, how'd they get away with this crap you know and uh, vince neal you know i hate the guy you know motley Crue's garbage and all that but he he put it best yeah he killed the guy while drunk driving and his statement afterwards he said uh, the only reason i didn't do five years is because i'm famous as shit yeah and that was That's, i mean <laughs> he was honest about it yeah i mean yeah. he 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 was honest, and then, yeah, that's why I give him respect for that. But it's like, come on, man. I mean, Jesus Christ, don't drink a drive. Don't be an idiot and drive on the wrong side of the road. I mean, if you're in another country, don't get so complacent with, you know, whatever it is you're doing, which he he claimed, and both he and Jennifer Gray claimed that they don't remember anything that led to the incident. I think that there was something going on that caused him to not think about the fact that he was, you know, not in America. I don't know what was going on, but something. He was having a he was having a a flash forward to the movie Deck the Halls, and was having second second like life regrets on whether where his life was headed. So, you yeah. know, I think that's was he had a brief glimpse of the future and wanted to kill himself. <laughs> glimpse the future and saw Inspector Gadget and uh, saw he was married to yeah. a horse or something. Yeah, anyway. Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Deck the Halls makes Inspector Gadget look like it should have a Criterion collection, okay? I haven't That's... seen it, I guess. <laughs> like, it, it's... it's I, no, I'm not even... I'm not With some War Games, guys. War Games. Yeah, war I games. know. We're pretty much done talking about War Games. I've, I felt it was a pretty I... good movie. You got some stuff, James? I got one thing. I'm, I'm interested to see if either of you guys caught this. All right. Um, there's, a, there's a scene where Matthew Broderick's mother is talking on the phone, and she, like you said earlier, she's a real estate agent. But she's trying to convince someone to like sign this loan that has a balloon payment and variable interest rate. And I just I, I thought that was a, th- a product of like the late 2000s. I had no idea people were making that same mistake you know, 25 years before our big crash of 2009. Either of you hear that that line? I, I, I didn't hear that. Go no, ahead. no, no, I didn't catch it really. I didn't catch it, but yeah, no, that's uh, well. The problems that we did face in the two thousands, you know, did stretch all the way back to the eighties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was was stupid like, there it is. We're doing it back then. Jesus. Oh so, yeah. Yeah, they didn't even realize at the time it was. You know, that's the way of it. You know, when anytime you have a financial crisis, is during the point up up to it almost no one is aware it says oh we're making all this money you invest today and you get twice the amount tomorrow and she's just like don't worry about the balloon payment you know the government's gonna be fine the economy's gonna be great don't worry about it i'm like god reaganomics (laughs) reaganomics (laughs) (laughs) but it was an overall good movie i mean if i was eight year olds seeing this movie i would just would want all that computer equipment oh my god i was in i I was in high school yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Now, in high school or like early twenties, I'd probably be like, "This movie's fake." But now, now that I'm looking at it through nostalgic eyes, and I 
get how retro it is and how, how over the top it is. I'm like, yeah, this is kind of a good movie again. Uh, yeah, I but, dig it. I dig it. And I, I watched this one time a while ago with my wife, and I remember she she commented on like nobody's going to write the password down on a sticky note on oh, the yes, desk. Yes, they do. And I was like, my boss does that now. Yeah, we do that at my work, literally. It's written. It's not on a sticky note in the desk. It's on the wall in front of you. Because they force you to change the fucker every, like, three weeks or something. You're like, really? Yeah. So, well, just write it down here again. It's not like anyone is going to break into that and, like, I mean. the. It's uh, not Norad. No. no it's, <laughs> I work for a fucking bread company. No yeah. one's breaking into the warehouse looking to see, oh, God, how much Sunbeam Giant are they getting this week? You know, our competitors aren't that – anyway, yes. whatever. No, this is – like, nobody wants to rob the bread vendor. Like, no. so I had a guy riding with me in my truck one time, and the bread guy was at the grocery store, and he left the back of his truck open. And the guy was like, oh, man, we could steal all that bread. I'm like, yes, yeah, so it can be bad in two weeks? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do with all that bread? Like, you literally don't need to steal from the bread vendor. No. <laughs> Straight to your hips. You don't want it. That poor guy would have but, to pay for all of it, too. So. <sighs> no, he shouldn't back his truck open. Anyway, all the time. Who's gonna fucking steal bread? I mean, beer. You leave your beer truck open, Brent. <laughs> oh no, that's the bad. That's bad news. I'm that's, loading like, down my I'm, car. I'm, just I'm the gonna... salesman. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just a salesman, and I have people like try and like hustle me. Like I got beer in my personal vehicle. And you probably like do. no, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if I do, it's out of date, and they can have it. <laughs> well, I drink some out of date beer. Let me tell you, free is the best kind of beer. I don't know. What if it's like 2014 expiration date, like Bella Highlight? Will, like will it get me drunk? <laughs> yeah, well, the next morning it's going to be a little rough, partner. I'm just, <laughs> just like, free. Firing I've drank some scuzz ass beer, let me tell you. I've drank hot. I've drank stuff that well, was I open. Have, I will, this, is, this, is, this is a little real inside to, to Brent's life. I have played beer pong with out of date Schlitz Bull. Oh, yeah. So, I want happened ran out of beer and wanted to continue drinking and i knew of one that i had opened a week prior and went and got it of course this is stale you know but it, i opened it apparently and then fell asleep and had only taken a sip and i knew where it was sitting you know so i went and got it from the room or wherever it was and i was like well this is flat threw an alka-seltzer in it and drank it down <laughs> mm, mm. Wow. and you know what it fucking tasted fine. Maybe I was a little drunk, but still, it tasted fine. Mm. But that's mm -hmm. desperation. That's when uh, you start to go, you know what, maybe maybe I, I like beer a little too much. But Yeah, no. All right, so back back around. So you guys you guys like this movie? I you did. Guys like... Yeah, it's not, fine. Not it's as much movie. as I like beer, but yes. Um, I've probably seen this movie more than half a dozen times. I've seen it quite a bit. Hmm. And I've always enjoyed it. I... It was really the maybe like this viewing and the one previous to it where I'm kind of like, ah, eh, this movie is not as great as I remember it being, because yeah. uh, it was just too. There are too many little weird things and hiccups, and the acting between Matthew Broderick and Ali Sheedy was yeah. almost unbearable to watch this yeah. time around. Like the forced like giggling every five seconds and like that weird bashful thing he's trying to do it was just so annoying to me um this go around so you know i didn't i didn't, didn't care for it there, there was one at other least thing. they didn't go full-fledged love story at least they kept but, it you know it's not the main and, part of the plot and it, and it could be the contrarian in me 
like that that wants to play devil's advocate here but i honestly you know i yeah i mean i saw i watched it this very morning and i already have forgotten half of what i saw yeah it's it's largely forgettable for sure there there was one thing i'd written down that i remembered now is uh you know they do mention toward the end of the film we'll just pull the plug and they're like well we can't now it's he's done i don't even remember the explanation it but, would it would trigger the like a like norad's been taken out of command so to the silos to right. automatically but they could have done it at any time prior to the hostile takeover you know they knew that this was going on they arrested broderick like two days before and they could have just been like well let's just unplug the computer for a while until we get this figured out since it is yeah. handling all the nuclear silos let's just like shut this thing down for a minute you know and uh, this is also, I remember the first note I wrote down, because I've got physical notes somewhere that I didn't Damn go find, true. because it was, I wrote down two or three things, and the rest of the page was just doodling while I'm trying to stay interested in this movie. But uh, Matthew Broderick, dude, if you have a watch, put it on your wrist. Don't keep it in your pocket. Who does that? <laughs> I don't know, man. Nobody. But he Nobody. goes to check the time and pulls a wristwatch out of his pocket. That's ball. Why? At least he didn't have it around no. his ankle, Will Smith style or something. I mean, that was the stupidest thing I've ever or seen. Or a swatch, which would have been, you know, around that era. But yeah, it, that's pretty silly. I don't know. Maybe the band broke. We don't know what's going on there. No, yeah. it, it was obviously never been worn because that band was stiffer than hell. Yeah, maybe his, uh, he's got sensitive skin and uh, he can't wear it around his wrist because it'll turn colors or I don't. I, I got nothing. Yeah, that is silly. <laughs> There's a lot of silly things to this film, just, but it, just no. overall, just, just. really did like it. I, it's 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 fun. It's forgettable, but it's it's fun, and I like the themes of it. The idea that uh, you know, at any moment, everything could end, kind of thing. It's something your own stupidity, really, um, is a very real thing. You know, it's like I said, it almost happened before, and it could very easily happen again. You know, uh, we're we like to think of ourselves as being very intelligent, and some of us are, and even the ones that are aren't really. You know, we we're all fallible. So, I like the theme of that, but it is a little in your face. Um, yeah, that's, I guess that's about it for video games, the movie on war games. I, I felt like it was a nice, uh, change from the stinkers we've been watching usually. I haven't decided on what the next episode of video games, the movie will be. I think I we already did. did. Oh, did we? Oh, yeah, that's right. We did, didn't we? We're going to try and get with Bajorn and do Double Dragon. But that may not come out. Yeah, that may not come yeah. out very next. Uh, James yeah, and I might right. do something, um, something together that's just like an off the cuff with he and I just kind of talking about whatever we haven't really decided yet, but we will get something out to you guys. In the meantime, if you want to find Mr. Brent, you can find him at the RPG show. Um, he's pretty much everywhere. They have a website. Uh, you go Brent. <laughs> just, just go to the RPG show.com. Yeah. There's that's this show's there. All my other shows are there. Just go there. You can hear me talk way too much in a week's time about various things. Yeah. Uh, I, I also want to thank the both of you for having me on this show. Um, thank for you for hosting it. Uh, non quote unquote video game movie, uh, but based around video game culture. War Games is always a good visit. So yeah. uh, appreciate that very much. 
Yeah, it was it was a good it was a good uh, departure from like solely video game movie, you know, based on a video game. And I was looking. There's a lot of other ways we can go with this. There's a lot of other movies, and there's a lot of fan made movies and what have you that we can get into. So yeah, this this show could go on from now until I'm dead. I'm sure. So anyway, um, you can reach me at simonbelmont at outlook.com or I'm on Twitter at retrokel. That's K H E L. You can find James at James Milholland on Twitter, or you can drop him a line at goodbuddyjames at gmail dot com. That's about it. Uh, all the normal shout outs. Listen to all our friends. Blah blah blah. <laughs> eh, that's it, guys. That's all I got. We'll see you next time. Bye. See you later.
Nick, you're a dick! Fuck you!